everyone, and welcome to another edition of what used to be called uh, the LSU Podcast with the Red Zone Report. Uh, but we are currently in some transitions as a pod, uh, which we were going to talk about that first. Plenty of LSU stuff to talk about also. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But um, I am Scott Gerard, and my co-hosts are Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. And uh, we just want to go over real quick uh, that we're going to be transitioning for you guys. And um, uh, it's going to be starting with a new name. We're going to be the Talking Tigs. And uh, we will be starting a Facebook page mostly. Uh, that's correct, Tommy? Well, uh, yeah, we, we're doing this rebrand. Uh, really excited about it. The Red Zone Report, you know, unfortunately, um, it's been absorbed and we kind of felt like this was the best way for us to continue to produce, you know, what we really enjoy is a, you know, the LSU, uh, LSU podcast. And so, um, though we're kind of sad to go on and, you know, move on from this, from the kind of network we were on. Um, I think this adds a lot of unique opportunities that we can take advantage of. Um, so yeah, like Scott said, we're going to be, you know, mainly starting with a Facebook, uh, a Facebook platform is where you can find us. And I think we'll be posting the podcast to Facebook as well as uh, YouTube and um, uh, sound, which we're going to try and do SoundCloud and Apple podcasts. Uh, so hopefully, you know, that will provide more avenues for, um, for y'all to, to enjoy the content and engage with us, uh, you know, via Facebook, maybe in the comments and the, uh, and, and on different posts and stuff like that. But um, overall, you know, I think we're all really excited about it. And uh, it's going to be a good move for us. And uh, I think we'll have a little bit more autonomy over, you know, the way that the, the direction we take the podcast and the community we build among our listeners. That's a great point, Tommy. Uh, to introduce myself to our, our new listeners, I'm Daniel Zollinger. And thanks to all our old listeners through Red Zone Report who have been with us. And I hope you will stick with us as we take this now to the, the Talking Tigs independent platform. And welcome everyone who's new. And I'd just like to invite you to like us on our Facebook page. That's at Talking Tigs. Share it with all your friends. And just keep with us in the next coming weeks as we bring you exciting new LSU sports content. We, get, we come once a week, every week, the latest news and reports. And we'll be ramping up through football season and beyond to get you everything you need for your LSU sports news. We will indeed. And uh, so much news probably is going to keep coming out. Uh, I mean, there is news right after we finished our last podcast, even, and then so much more has you know unrolled this week. Uh, most of all, which uh, being the fall campus officially started, uh, a lot to get to, into there. But um, I wanted to go back to this this Tiger Athletic Foundation uh, decision uh, because right after we released our pod last week, we were talking about this that they were, um, uh, you know, the the money that that goes to to the locker rooms and the fitness nutrition center and, and all of that. It was privately funded uh, by the Tiger Athletic Foundation. Uh, and, you know, we, we talked about it being also a supporter of the academic ed, uh, ventures at LSU. That is no longer the case, though, because as of last Saturday, which was, I think, right after our pod, um, A.D. Scott Woodward said that they were no longer going to be doing that. The Athletic Foundation was no longer going to be giving money back. And I wanted to throw it to you first, Tommy, because uh, you seem, uh, you know, pretty supportive of that decision. I think so. Um, you know, I, how do you think this affects things? I, I'm pretty sure you like the decision, but uh, what what are your thoughts on it? Um, I, I think first and foremost, I would say I I trust Scott Woodward's judgment. 
um, you know, I think he said, he said it was just an unsustainable, uh, you know, unsustainable action that the athletic department was taking every year. So I, I think for the, for the integrity of the program, if he feels like they can't afford to be giving, you know, a large portion of money every year to, to the school, that makes sense to me. I think also just from a, from a practical standpoint, you know, the schools for school the, and, the, and the school's endowment, the school's donations and the school's revenue is the school's and the athletic departments is the athletic departments. Uh, I don't think it was, you know, I don't, I, I doubt it's out of spite, but you know, with the, with all these people being up in arms about the athletic department, not, you know, Oh, why don't we spend that money on a library? Why don't we, you know, this, the football players get a, a new locker room, but, but we don't get anything of the athletic, I mean, the academics, you know, I think this also kind of shows like, okay, well, we'll, we'll take our ball and go home. <laughs> if you're, <laughs> you're going to complain about what we do with our own money, then we're not going to help anymore. Uh, like I said, I don't think that's the exact uh, rationale for it, but uh, you know, it, it kind of play it kind of plays into that whole point as well. Of you know, the, it seems like the the athletic, the people who who are complaining about the athletics spending kind of want to have their cake and eat it too, right? Yeah, so I think it's a bit of a good idea in the fact that it starts a little bit of a separation of powers type thing where you don't have these cross interest. Uh, communities just trying to steal each other's money and put it towards what they need. And that way, hopefully, it'll eliminate controversies like this in the future where there's some kind of major misunderstandings of where the money is coming from and where it's going to. And so we now know, okay, the money going to the athletics is going to the athletics, and the money for academics is going to academics. And so it's kind of set in stone there. The only uh, bad thing about that is it may lead to somewhat of a house divided scenario where they're, the two factions are a little bit kind of constantly at war with each other for a certain amount of donor dollars. And I mean, they can only send so much, so they have to decide whether they want their money to go towards the sports or to go to the athletics. And if everybody decides they want to pay money for the sports, then the athletics people are still just going to remain upset or vice versa. So it's, it's hard to strike a balance, but I think it's at least a good first step. I would agree with all that. And to go back to your, your first point about what Scott Woodward said, uh, Tommy, um, I, well, I, I'll say first, I was sad to hear about it because a, now the, you know, the, uh, the academic side will not have that much more money, uh, to work because they, they are doing some good work. I've seen reports of, LSU being involved with NASA missions with with chemistry breakthroughs, um, and there's there's plenty of of good uh, programs at LSU, but it is not a sustainable model. And I agree with Scott Woodward in that the public school should not be looking towards a private foundation uh, to rely upon for their academic budget. Uh, that's pretty much the state's job since it's a state-funded school. They, they have to go through those channels. I mean, they, that's what they brought in for reasoning for, for not firing Miles and bringing in Jimbo Fisher was, well, sorry, it's a state school. We, you know, we don't want the bad optics. Um, but you know, I agree with you too, Daniel. It, it might put people in different houses, uh, at least for the time being, especially if there's you know, more upgrades to come. But, you know, the school has to figure it out, basically. You know, they, they can't just keep relying on private donors. And that's actually something that they said in uh, one of the press releases, and it seems like they made a point to do it, was we wanted to thank the private fund, uh, donors from the Tiger Athletic Fund that have also made contributions to the school. So these same people are making donations to both. It's just, you know, there appears to be more money 
disposable money at the Tiger Athletic Foundation. So I think that's still going to be the issue. Right. But um, well, and, and the way that you know these large organizations like like universities or large companies they plan you know years and years and years in advance off of estimated revenue. So for the for the past you know however many years, uh, LSU the academic side has must have been planning their their expenditures, their capital expenditures, all that based on a donation that the athletic department would make to the school. And I can totally see where Scott Woodward's coming in and he's saying, like, I, I, my job is to make is be athletic director, not director of the school. I need to make sure I can use the money that I have every year to the to advance the athletic program. You know, that's my job. I can see where he says where he says I don't want to give. Uh, you know, it said in twenty between twenty twelve and twenty seventeen, the the department uh, contributed nearly fifty million dollars to the academic side. I can see where he says I'm not going to give fifty million dollars to the school just out of good nature when my job is dependent on creating the best athletic athletic department you know in the country. Right, and I think you know you could say that if he is allowed to do that and LSU reaches the highest levels in their um, athletic endeavors. You know that's that's TV money there. So uh, the school, I think, would recoup from the athletic department success. But um, still, I don't. Know. I think the the dust is going to be settling on this for a little while. Um, but everyone else is looking forward now. I think because fall camp has officially started, and you know there's just so much news coming out of the gate. First of all, most of which would be uh, the number eighteen has been awarded. And I remember we, we had our guesses a couple of weeks ago. I don't think any of us said either of these two, right? We, we didn't say these two. I don't think Correct so. From no, wrong. I think y'all were on Rashard Lawrence. Y'all were on Rashard Lawrence, and I was on uh, Michael Divinity, and we were all wrong. So yeah. Right. Okay. And, I, and my, my, <laughs> my dark horse was Joe Burrow, but none of those were correct. Uh, they're actually going to be center Lloyd Cushenberry and hybrid linebacker, Kalevon Chason, both going to be wearing the 18. This is not the first time that there have been two awarded. It actually happened two years ago. But uh, this is the first time I think that offensive lineman uh, was awarded the, the honor. But he's not going to be able to wear it because, because of NCAA rules. He, has to, he can't wear that, that low of a number. So he will be wearing 79, but there will be an 18 patch on his jersey uh, to make it known. I think these are these are good, good nominees or, or good awardees uh, because Lloyd was you know a senior. He's he's got so much wisdom already, and Clavon he you know he, I think he's done enough since he got injured, uh, and he's become a leader. And that's pretty much what these are based on. It's success on and off the field and a show of leadership and uh, a good sportsmanship. I, I mean, I, I don't think there would have been someone where we would have disagreed with the picks, but you know, I agree with the picks. It's it's always interesting to see who they think because uh, Coach O said he leaned heavily on uh, Jack Marucci for input on this one. Uh, so that's that's how. They yeah, I think too, definitely does. Yeah, definitely deserving guys got it. Uh, They'll be leading Tigers both on offense and defense. Cushenberry was a solid center for LSU last year, just up the middle. And then Chason, obviously, he had that injury in the very first game against Miami, came back at the end of the season. But he'll definitely have that chip on his shoulder, want to get back in the mix and show what he can do this year. And I think he'll definitely prove that to everybody uh, as kind of the, the road to recovery happens here. And 
yeah, I mean, you got two great guys who would definitely be starting and leading the team both on and off the field. And obviously they were agreed upon by their, their fellow players and coaches. So can't really have too much complaints. So congratulations to them. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy. I, I mean, I think that Scott, you mentioned it, I think maybe two podcasts ago uh, that, you know, Clavion chase on is he's, the, he's the, you, I think you predict him to be your breakout star. And I think that the, the table is being set right now. He's wearing that number 18. He's going to have the, he's going to have the, the height and the platform as that, you know, the one of the one of two iconic numbers on the LSU field. Uh, he's going to be playing, you know, alongside number the number seven of this year with Grant Delpit. Uh, so both of them will, you know, be the centerpieces and the and the people to watch on the defense. And just just by the way he played in that one Miami game, if that's any indication of what he can do, I mean, I think I think he's going to be a breakout player uh, and and one of the top uh, edge rushers in college football. And I don't think many people, you know, outside of uh, outside of the LSU spectrum are really thinking about him just because of the injury and not being, and you know, him not having that track record, like uh, some of the other players coming in or, or, you know, entering this next season. So I'm really excited for him. And I think that this endorsement of his leadership and his capability on the field and wearing the number 18, just, you know, will further his, uh, his, you know, hype and maybe expectation on the field. Yeah. And, uh, I, I agree with you. I don't think uh, other teams are really, you know, aware of who he is because he he did start as a true freshman, but you know he was out all last year with the the torn ACL. Um, but his his absence was definitely noticeable. I think, um, and if it wasn't him, you know, it would have some, been someone else. But the that that force, that Arden Key type disruption, um, you know, it, their their pass rush was basically underwhelming last year uh i mean there's even um, a seven game stretch from week three to all uh, at auburn to alabama where they only had like 10 sacks um they improved later in the year but uh they there was an article that came out uh that cocho was talking with dave aranda about you know defensive success and they found a stat that it said if they got a tackle for a loss or a sack they usually got off the field about 75% of the time. And, you know, heard that and he goes, all right, well, that's it. That's simple. Let's just, let's just get more sacks. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's, that's where Clavon Chason is going to come in and he's going to, yeah. I mean, he, you know, I was going to say he better live, live up to his name because on Twitter, Clavon Chason's handle is at sack guru uh, with the number four uh, in sack. So if he it truly is the sack guru, hopefully he'll, bringing down the quarterback and getting the, the defense off the field, just like you were saying. Yeah, no, I think yeah, Daniel, so. I think, br- yeah, he's the next Darden Key. So, Daniel, that brings up a good point. When will he change it to Sat Guru 18? Uh, I'm not sure. It's hard to fit uh, 18 into the Sat Guru pun as well, but uh, I think I'll just stick it at the end there and then keep doing his thing. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think he can call it whatever he wants as long as he gets them. In my opinion, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think he he will break out, and the defense, you know, they're going to have depth there too. You know, assuming everyone stays healthy, they're going to do a lot of rotating, so uh, their productivity should stay high if they're fresh. I mean, that's that's been a an issue with years past. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so we got the eighteen sets, and 
there's been some some moves. Um, wide receiver Stephon Sullivan is going to become a tight end. It looks like, and I, I wasn't really surprised when I heard that because you know you, when you see him catch a ball on the field, he is the tallest guy that is out there. He he looks like a a really big man in the in the defensive backfields. Uh, so I, I think tight end kind of makes sense. He's bulked up a little bit. Uh, I don't know if that was to like they're just figuring out a better way to use him. Maybe that's maybe Joe Brady suggested that because could you imagine if LSU had like a, a Rob Gronkowski type weapon in their new offense? You know, he, he could be the guy. He's he's tall and he's quick. So I'd be interested to see what happens. Yeah, for sure. He's listed at six five. 6'5", 240, and I think in some places it looks even taller, like 6'6", six, six or 6'7", six, so just that yeah. big body coming across the seam in the middle. Uh, he's ripped up in a few long passes already, and so I think he'll be able to continue that. And I mean, we had a good tight end last year with Foster Mora, but maybe it was a bit underutilized. So to get a good weapon there is definitely another wrinkle that we would need in the offense. Yeah, yeah. And one of my um, somewhat breakout candidates could be Thaddeus Moss, uh, we're going to finally see him in action. We haven't seen him in action yet. Uh, I think he's healthy enough to go. Uh, so maybe they could have two tight ends that are uh, doing some damage. Um, and wide receiver D. Anderson has been suspended. I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, I don't really think it's going to be that detrimental. It sounds like it's just because he, you know, he wasn't conditioned properly. Uh, he just has to go through some conditioning, and then sounds like he'll be back on the team. So I, I don't know. I'm not too worried about it. Sounds like he was just maybe out of shape, you know, by the time camp started. Um, it's probably that simple, right? Yeah, they didn't really have too much information on that. But I mean, we've got a, a fairly deep, if not super experienced, wide receiver core. So we've got guys that can fill in there for whatever's going on with D. Anderson, at least at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited for our wide receiver core uh, just because I, I think that, you know, that's been the, the critique has always been we've got great receivers and they're underutilized. So, you know, with, these, with the move of Sullivan to tight end and then, uh, you know, with some of the great wide receivers that we've seen and we've seen, you know, spurts from them where it's like, oh, wow, that was an incredible play. Like, I wish I could see more of that. When we spread the, when we spread the ball around the field – you know, I think that I think that we'll really get to see the full potential of our of all of our uh, receivers. Uh, definitely, and I think you know the bowl game was a good indication of that. There's, like you said, there were spurts of it throughout the season, but just it wasn't consistent. Uh, they hadn't really developed the passing game enough, maybe, and or they were just still relying too much on the run. But I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see all of them. Really, uh, I don't think there's any surprises. Uh, the, the offensive line seems set. The, we know who the wide receivers are. The running backs, we know it's going to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think Chris Curry. You know, like you said a couple weeks ago, um, could see John Emery. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how many of these guys or how early they're going to start them. You know, they might want to save one for a redshirt. But uh, I think they're loaded at pretty much any position, right? Oh, I, I mean, I, I was just saying, like, I think that the depth is, uh, the depth is definitely there. And we've got a lot of young talent, a lot of talent returning, and um, we're set up for a, for a, another great season. I mean, I feel like we've we've been harping on this ever since we started the podcast of like, oh, this is going to be the one. This is going to be great. This is going to be great. But I, I do think there's there's something different about this about this team. I was going to say it's obviously represented. They just came out with a coaches poll this uh, week, and LSU is ranked number six in the country. So obviously they're respected by everybody else. 
and they were pretty close behind Ohio State at uh, number five. So everybody else knows that LSU is definitely going to be dangerous this year. I will agree with you, although just to play devil's advocate, I think they started that way a few years ago. I think that was when Brandon Harris was quarterback. Oh, no, they started later, and they made it up to sixth. Uh, or I think they, maybe they started sixth, but then they lost to Wisconsin that first game. It was one of those years where they, they kind of looked good off season, But I think this team will be different, and it's, I think it could be because they have the depth. I mean, they've lost some guys. Um, there's still some recruits that hadn't come in. Uh, well, actually, speaking of uh, losing guys, Josh, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Kelvin Joseph is coming back because Christian Fulton switched his number to Kelvin Joseph's number to the number one. So I don't think we're going to see Kelvin Joseph anymore if, if he already switched his jersey. Josh Groudon recently entered the transfer portal. Uh, he was a punter. Uh, I guess Zach von Rosenberg is going to be doing all all the punting. Um, there's a linebacker, Dante Starks, that is not reported yet. I think that's um, – don't know what a, the situation is. He hasn't said. He says he's going to say soon. I think it's probably academics. Um, but then also uh, Sony Fanua, who is a, a JUCO transfer, he also has not arrived, and I think that's also due to academics. But, again, I, I think there's plenty of uh, depth on the defensive side as well. Not really – too much to worry about I, I mean i think the defense is just as stacked yeah i mean i, I think that the uh the the biggest holes that we were going to fill were you know greedy williams and devin white and then there were some questions about the defensive line and i think we've answered all of those with uh uh Derek stingley coming in and then jacob phillips and michael divinity both kind of stepping up and and uh you know, becoming or, or feel, I feel like it's going to, a lot of experts are saying it's that that linebacker core is cemented now. And then with uh, Richard Lawrence staying for his senior year and then the pickups of a, uh, some of the, some defensive linemen coming in uh, like uh, Apu Aika uh, and then Brennan Fajoko, of course, uh, staying as well. And shout out to him. He just graduated. I don't know if you, if y'all saw that, but, um, but I, I think that, like, yeah, the, the the questions that they had that we had towards the end of last season have pretty much been answered. I would agree. Uh, yeah, those are all good points. Uh, like I said earlier, we got impact players everywhere. Uh, I just it's kind of a little bit off topic. But I wanted to hit y'all with a, two quick uh, recruiting points. LSU got their first commitment for the 2021 class. It was a defensive end, Landon Watson, out of Texas. He's a four-star, yeah, defensive end, and so we're already building up for. I guess it's three years down the line, which is pretty wild. But so we got him eventually. And then there was another big recruit on campus. I'm probably going to butcher his name here, but you got to forgive me. Uh, Amika Abuka, he's from Washington. He's the number one athlete in the country for the 2021 class. And right now he's projected to either go to Washington or Ohio State, which is a little bit unfortunate. But at least we're already making a push for these super high-profile guys in that class. So just to keep that pipeline coming of the best talent from across the country, really coming all the way from Washington, and that's all I got. Dana, what did yeah. you Dana, what, what, what did he play what, in high school? Yeah, yeah, the same here. Oh, he, gosh, he's listed as the number one athlete. I think he played safety and running back. Let me, uh, I'll come back. Oh no, he played wide receiver and safety uh, in high school. So yeah, he's definitely athletic in multiple ways, and just would be an asset anywhere. Oh, uh, I see. Not like. Like he's being recruited as just athlete. Yeah, he's being recruited. As yeah, athlete. well, they they think that he can be 
converted to any position, kind of how LSU had that tradition for a while, kind of bad tradition of converting star quarterbacks into wide receivers and whatnot. Mm. Right. Um, the classic Russell Shepard situation. Yes. Oh, geez. Let's not get into that. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're moving uh, forward. We're going on in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, that, yeah, that's good. They're already starting on their 2021 20, class. And, uh, you know, it might be a long shot, but I, I like that they're still going after guys that are way outside of their, uh, you know, the SEC footprint. And Washington, I, I don't, you know, unless you go to Hawaii, I don't know if you can go any further than that. Uh, so I think that's great. Good for them. So defensive line coach Dennis Johnson uh, was playing basketball, I guess, a couple days ago, and he injured both of his knees. So now he's not going to be able to, I guess, coach on the sidelines. He's just going to be in the booth for the games. Uh, I think he was going to be on the sidelines otherwise. Um, but that uh, the Tigers have actually already secured an NCAA waiver to allow a current analyst, uh, not forgive me if I'm saying this name wrong, uh, Kenichi Udizi or Udezi. Uh, he actually was the D-line coach at Southern California uh, the last three years before he joined LSU. Uh, he was actually, he played for Coach O when Coach O was coaching at USC. So that's the, the, the connection there. Uh, but they're also going to allow Christian Lacatour to to help a little bit with some of the on-the-field coaching, which I think is great because that one year before his last year, that he was like Clavon Chason. He got injured early on, maybe even before before the uh, season, uh, but he was on the field and he was helping coach all the D-line. So I think he can step into that role seamlessly. But Yeah, they'll, they'll be okay there. Sad, yeah. sad to hear about that coach. I uh, hope wishing a speedy recovery. I just want to say it must have been a nasty crossover to hit both his knees at the same time. But I know, right? Someone broke both his knees, not just his ankle. I know. Was he playing, was he playing one-on-one with, like, Javante Smart or something? <laughs> Probably. Probably. Who knows? Speaking of the basketball, uh, LSU basketball is actually going to Spain here uh, in the next couple of weeks to do a little exhibition tour. Uh, it's kind of interesting. I don't really know why they're heading over there. They're playing in Madrid, Valencia, and Barcelona. And they're actually playing uh, some Spanish pro teams, including uh, FC Barcelona, the professional soccer team. They have a, a basketball team as well. So we'll see how the Louisiana boys stack up against the Europeans. It's a little off topic, but oh, there wait, you go. Wait, so yeah, they, no, they're, they're going to be playing a soccer team? Well, it's the soccer club's basketball no, I, team. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Either kidding. way, it would be interesting. It's kind of like, kind of like our football versus their football, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, no, that, that's good. Uh, that's good for them. I think. Uh, yeah, you said why? I don't know. Recruiting. I mean, uh, this this happens in in a lot of uh, college athletics. You can get really good athletes from not just the U.S. You know, there's LSU had a long line of punters from Australia. You know, playing their football. So, who knows? Uh, maybe they're going to trying to get Paul Gasol's like nephew or something. That that, that could help. <laughs> um, and, oh, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, LSU's first opponent, Georgia Southern, uh, at the start of their fall camp, uh, their coach had to list a couple of uh, suspensions, namely their starting QB, uh, Shy Wirtz. And they also listed a defensive end, although he wasn't a starter, but uh, he only had, I think, one start, but he played in all their games, and he led the team with three forced fumbles. Uh, his name was Quan Griffin. Um, 
Yeah, I was kind of hoping for a a cake, not a cakewalk, but you know, you want to see LSU win and you know get all the kinks out. But um, you at least wanted to see. Yeah, a, makes the a good uh, game. makes the opportunity of a drastic upset a little bit less. I don't think they were going to get upset anyway, but uh, not not too worried about this game. Yeah, I don't either. But I thought playing this QB would be a good uh, a good primer to play Texas with Sam Erlinger. Is, uh, they seem kind of similar, both run and pass, pass threats. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to come back anytime soon. Uh, the QB, it, it, I, I read about it. At first it said it was, he was arrested for speeding, but then they added it was also cocaine possession. Um, <laughs> oh, well, that'll a little do bit of a drastic step there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's going to be ready by August 31st. Uh, I guess, you know, you can defer to, well, we'll let the legal system play out. But uh, that's a biggie. It's not just, you know, smoking smoking in the parking lots like some of these players have been caught with. That's that's pretty heavy stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, and the other guy was a domestic dispute. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's that time of season. Uh, hopefully LSU can uh, avoid some of that. I remember, you know, a few years ago they had some guys that they had to suspend for games. Uh, I think O's kind of kept a pretty clean camp, though. Nothing like that has happened under his watch, right? Yeah, I mean, the only thing that comes to mind was actually not even like a suspension. Uh, but, gosh, what was it? I forget who the player was last year, but he actually had he shot someone in self-defense, and he was like completely cleared. They were like, yeah, like the guy was attacking him. He was trying yeah, to sell his uh, I know he's talking about New Orleans. I can't remember his name. I forget who he was. Who was it? Oh yeah, no, we're all stumped. But yeah, I remember that was that was that was pretty huge. Some guy got oh, it was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. wasn't it? Yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's who it was. Yeah, the shortest guy on the team. Uh, I mean, I guess he had to. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, I mean, I, I I'll give O credit for you know keeping his guys focused. But yeah, yeah, let's uh, get there on the straight and narrow. Uh, I mean, we had talked about a past player, LSU's whole tradition of quarterbacks and wide receiver, but to throw back even farther, LSU had a couple of players get inducted in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, or going to be inducted uh, today, actually, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, so that's pretty exciting for them. Yeah, uh, so uh, speaking of you know Tiger news, the two former LSU Tigers uh, have been inducted to the Hall of Fame. Uh, one was all-star center Kevin Mawai, and the other was Johnny Robinson. Uh, who played for the Tigers long ago and was part of uh, Hank Stram's Kansas City Chiefs uh, when they won a title way back in the day. And actually, Johnny Robinson has been credited for uh, helping create the current safety position in modern-day football as we know it. Hank Stram took his abilities and kind of molded this position out of what he could do. Uh, Ed Reed even came up to him, I think, at one point. Ed Reed, longtime safety for the Baltimore Ravens and credit said, Hey, we do this because of you. So I thought that was very nice. Uh, a shout out and credit towards Johnny Robinson. But yeah. Congrats to them on that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Ed Reed actually getting inducted in the hall of fame as well. He's from Louisiana also played at Destrehan, uh, just South of New Orleans. So two LSU players and then a third with Louisiana history. So got a good class there. And then actually, uh, my uncle played, for LSU as offensive lineman with Kevin Mawai when he was there. And so he's actually going to the uh, ceremony in Canton. So that's pretty exciting and cool to be a part of that. Wow. Yeah, that would be cool. 
just to see your friend up there getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. I mean, exactly. a lot of people play, but not everyone gets inducted. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of glad to see Johnny Robinson finally get the credit because a lot of people have been wondering for years why he hadn't been inducted yet, but they can finally put that to rest. And he actually did a lot a lot of good afterwards. He started a, a youth home in Kansas City. Uh, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, for you know, troubled youth, most or males only, um, that kind of just needed a place to get some get some foundation, and uh, he's he's done a lot of work for people after his years. So glad to see him finally get inducted. What what else? Uh, fall camp is here. So is is there been anything coming out that you guys uh, kind of picked up on that kind of maybe caught your attention or you know maybe perked your ears up a little bit? Uh, nothing too specific. I just uh, like to see all the kind of hype photos and videos that LSU puts out on uh, their official Instagram at LSU Football. They got some great ones. Just those guys driving that sled. There was actually a pretty cool shot of Miles Brennan. It looks like it was raining. It was like all in the dark. He's kind of cocked back, ready to pass. Uh, I think the caption was like shining through, but you can check that out. It's pretty good ones. And then um, oh. what you got? I'm ready for that for those big cat videos that'll come out. <laughs> like you know the big cat, the legendary big cat drill. Right. Those, oh, for sure. With the whole whole team just huddled around. Getting and they so pick, hyped. pick two like players. They'll pick, they'll pick two players to go against each other. Offense versus defense. Like DB versus uh, wide receiver. I mean that's that's the that's what you live for in fall camp. Just to get that video in. <laughs> just oh, to yeah. log on to your favorite video provider like YouTube. Twitter, Instagram, yeah. and check them out. Yeah, there we see where just one guy just crush the other, pile them into the ground, and the whole like player group huddle around just explode, and then just like, go run around. <laughs> and, and then you rewatch it again. Yeah, they're glad to finally be able to hit somebody, especially with uh, their friends. Uh, that that started with Miles, then it kind of went away. Did uh, did Ed Cocho at uh, Orgeron purposely bring it back? for something that was his idea right i guess i mean it's always been kind of a, a pretty big tradition since yeah like you said back in the last miles years but i think it's something that the the players look forward to and then yeah they just to kind of prove themselves against everybody else show who really is the biggest cat on campus <laughs> yeah i just i just remember them stopping it saying it was uh, i don't know like they wasn't useful or maybe you know just too too much opportunity for injury i don't know it was something some week like something weak like that but then coach o said no we're, we're going to bring it back because i don't know just it got him riled up it got him wanting to hit people yeah i mean i'm looking at i'm looking right now I, i'm seeing videos of it so i i think they still do it yeah no they did uh, they did in the you know the summer they did in the summer yeah they did in, they did in the spring practice yeah exactly so i'm seeing it right now big catch rolls back yeah so yeah, I'm ready to see more videos of that. <laughs> yeah, as we sit and wait for big cat drill videos, um, uh, what uh, do, you, do you expect anything to be side? Uh, I don't know. What do you guys expect to hear from uh, for like the next week? Because they're they're still kind of just easing back in to you know uh, like a season schedule, a seasonal schedule. Uh, has has when do classes start there? A 26th, so the Monday before the first game. Okay, so they they just have football right now. They don't have that like seasonal schedule. Yeah, no, yeah, no class. Um, and that graduation was yesterday. 
for summer. So I think anyone taking summer classes is done as well. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, uh, I saw a video of Braden Bahoko walking across the stage. There's uh, there's a few tigers that actually graduated. Yeah, that was a good video. You know, his family's like always shows up and like you know goes gets wild whenever um whenever he you know does anything pretty much like when when that uh, great video of him and his family doing the haka before the game last yeah. season. So yeah. it was it was cool to see um his family getting really excited for his uh for his graduation. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I remember Richard Lawrence, or some of the other players too, were joining him. I think before that Alabama game, just to just to get in the spirit. Did, did we talk about Ed Ingram? No, I don't think we mentioned it. But I mean, as far as I know, he was still kind of being held away from the game. I hadn't heard any updates. Well, I saw they they had asked Coach O the first day of practice about it, and I, I remember last week uh, the quote was he wasn't optimistic. I think SEC Media Days, he said he wasn't optimistic that he was going to return. Now he's saying, well, uh, you know, Coach O still hopes he can join the team. He's just waiting to hear. He, I guess he's hopeful that if everything goes well, that he could still rejoin the team and possibly play with him this season, uh, which would be, uh, I don't know, kind of amazing, considering he hasn't you know, been involved with the team. I'm guessing maybe he's doing his own uh, conditioning and strength training and and whatever else on his own because he wasn't part of the team but he he has a hearing on september 13th i guess maybe he would know his fate by then yeah i I find it hard to believe that we will see ed ingram uh on the field this season so okay not uh not too confident in that okay so if he does you can uh i'll buy you his jersey and you have to get it autographed and, uh, oh, okay, <laughs> and tell him at the end of the season. I didn't think you were playing. <laughs> I like Daniel. Yeah, might like have to do with Joe Burrow. Here, Ed. I didn't think you were going to play this year, but you did. Please sign. Yeah. yeah. Leg- legendary LSU player Ed Ingram. Right. <laughs> Who knows? He, he could. Uh, he could still. He could be the next Kevin Mawai, for all we know. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for us today with the uh, first ever Talking Tigs podcast. Uh, if you would like to hear more, definitely uh, like and subscribe to the Facebook page. You can follow us each individually, at Scott Gerard one at Tommy Johnson LA, and at D.F. Zollinger. Guys, any last thoughts before we head out? Um, so, we're, you know, we're, we're starting this new, pla- or this new podcast. Uh, it's, a conti- it's a continuation of kind of what we've been doing before, but... Uh, a new platform, new uh, new page, and you know maybe a, maybe a little bit of a new direction as we kind of get our feet wet. So definitely share it um, on Facebook and share it. You know once we get on the other platforms like the the Spotify's and the Apples and the YouTubes, you know share it with your friends and uh, let's uh, let's have a good time and uh, start the start to a good season. Amen. Yeah, just to echo that. Yeah, like it share it, subscribe it, wherever you're listening to it. And if you like what you hear, please send us a message. Tell us what you liked, any other thoughts you might have, any suggestions for stuff you might want us to cover in the future, any guests maybe hopefully we could be getting. And uh, send it to all your friends. Send it to your grandma. Share it with your dog. Everybody can get in on the LSU Sports Fun. And I uh, hope we can just keep talking TIGs week in, week out here and bring you all the best sports news. Yeah, just, just tell us what you like, what you don't like. 
or what you would want to very good point or want to hear yeah but I couldn't have said it any better than Daniel just did. So uh, for from all of us, uh, have a good week, and we'll talk to you next time on the Talking Tigs podcast. See you later. Go Tigers.